for the next, Lord willing, the next five weeks, okay? So I, I wanted to start it today and, Lord willing, carry this into the uh, end of November. And I, I want to I share on uh, facing your giants today. We're, we're going to look at what might be the most popular and common uh, story in the Bible. In fact, I will tell you that non-Christians know this story. In fact, I will tell how many sports fans, are, I always shudder when I ask this question, how many shudder, uh, uh, sports fans are there in here? Okay. Four, great. Boy, you guys, boy, you know how to party, let me tell you. All right. But, have you, but you don't even have to be a sports fan to understand this, okay? Have you ever seen, like, like the, the, the little school, like, do you remember, this might bring up some old wounds, but like in college basketball last year, okay, you had mighty Ohio State losing to Oral Roberts University, okay? Remember that? And people call that a David and Goliath type scenario, okay? And again, I don't mean to, uh, you know, Throw, open any wounds or anything for you Buckeyes fans because Lord knows after yesterday's football game, I'm still grieving, okay? But anyway, so you pray for pastor. But uh, we, we see this, we see this, right? Where, where you have the underdog, the little guy, the, 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 the small person going against the great giant, a David and Goliath situation. And that's found the first Samuel 17. So if you want to turn there, and I want you to get used to turning there because all five of these messages are going to be based on a certain aspect of the story of David and Goliath. And today, here it is, October 31st. Please don't send me a bunch of nasty emails. I'm not telling you to celebrate Halloween or anything like that. So, so, so chill, chill, okay? The Halloween militia, they like to come after us sometimes. So, so just listen. What I am saying is that this is a, a time, right? All you got to do is turn on the TV. This is a time where you hear the word fear all the time. Fear. Getting scared. Something spooky or whatever. And uh, I, I, I don't want to touch on Halloween at all today. I'm not going to do that, except for the fact that I want to talk about how we should deal with our biggest fears. And when I say biggest fears, and, and I'm going to break this down a little bit more, I'm not talking about uh, being afraid of spiders, okay? Who is that in here, by the way? You're afraid of spiders, Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, that, oh, okay. That could come in handy. Um, <laughs> ladders, I hate, I hate ladders. I don't like ladders. I don't, I don't. I get to that third step, I'm like, mm, you know. Heights, I'm cool. Falling, I'm afraid of, right? Okay, so let's clarify that, okay? Love heights, don't like falling. So I'm afraid of that. But I'm not talking about like these phobias that we might have. I, I want to talk about something that, that tends to be much more intense. Something that tends to be a lot deeper than a fear of spiders or ladders or the dark. 
Um, I want to talk about those things that, that regularly bring us anxiety and fear. And I will tell you this, it's these things, and I know this, uh, because to, to be honest with you, I've had my own personal journey with this at times. And so I know how these things can invade your life and affect you emotionally, affect you spiritually, maybe even affect you physically if you're not careful. And the title of my message, you probably see it now, My Biggest Fear Must Disappear. That sounds all gospel, don't it? My biggest fear must disappear. That's about as gospel as I'm going to get today or ever. Um, But we're going to look at the first 11 verses of this story initially. We're going to look at a few more, but uh, there's a lot to learn from this. Okay, If you're able to, stand with me in honor of God's word. Now stay with me, okay? I know we got cake coming, all right? Just if you, if you listen good, we'll give you extra icing, okay? There you go. Here we go. Let me get my eyes on. Are you there? Can you say amen? Okay, if you don't have a Bible, you can follow on the screen. Here we go. Now the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled at Soko in Judah. They pitched camp at Ephes Damon and between Soko and Azekah. You'll be tested on this later, church. Verse 2, Saul and the Israelites assembled, and they camped in the valley of Elah, and they drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. Time out, the Philistines were the sworn enemy of God's people. They hated God's people, so they were the enemy. Okay, you with me so far? You with me so far? Verse 3, the Philistines occupied one hill, and the Israelites another, with the valley between them. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits in a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs, he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod, and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to fight me. If he's able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. If I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. And then the Philistine said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. And on hearing the Philistines' words, check this out, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Let's pray. Lord, I ask you that you would help us, first of all, to identify our biggest fear. Secondly, Lord God, I pray that we'd learn how to combat it and that we would know that we need not be slaves to, to the Goliaths that are in our lives, but God, you can give us victory. So Lord, speak to us about our fears today, and we will thank you in Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. 
You may be seated. My biggest fear must disappear. My biggest fear must disappear. Now, I have grown up in church. I've been in church all of my life. And so the risk, okay, the risk of having a sermon series or a teaching series or whatever on this story, the risk is this, okay? The risk is our hearing this and saying, oh, I know that story. The kid wins. Spoiler, David wins, okay? How's he going to get five sermons out of this thing? But, but I, want you to, I want you to know that there are some elements of the story that if you're not careful, they could be a little bit hidden. And today is one of them. Because I not only want to focus on Goliath, but I also want to focus on the reaction of Saul and the Israelites and David to their biggest fear, which seemed to be this giant Goliath. So there's three elements of our fears that I want to pull from what we've read so far and a few verses that we'll read on, on top of that. And I'd like to pull those today and, uh, and share those with you. First of all, number one, I'd like to take a look at the size of our fears. The size of our fears. Now, we get this description of Goliath, and, and there's been a lot of artist renditions of this, of this story. Uh, goodness, you saw one earlier when, when, when I, we flashed the sermon uh, series artwork up on the uh, up on the screen, and sometimes I don't know that we really understand uh, just how huge this man was. Okay, so I'm I'm going to read verses four through seven again, but I'm going to take a time out in between verses to kind of elaborate on some of these on some of these because you read something like uh, a cubit and a span and a shekel, right? And we sit there and say, mm-hmm, yeah, six cubits, wow. Mm. And, and I'll say, well, how big is that? And you'll say, I have no idea, but uh, it is a cubit. So I'm going to explain that to you, okay? Uh, verse 4 says, the champion named Goliath, I'll just pause there, a champion. So Goliath was raised as a fighting machine, okay? This was a man who was undefeated, that's why he was a champion. Sometimes you would have these standoffs between armies and the best fighter from one army and the best fighter from the other would face each other and the winner would basically win that battle and they would become subjects of the others. And that was all about Goliath's trash talking that he was giving out in verses 8 through 9. He said, isn't there anyone who will come and fight me? I mean, he's taunting them is what he's doing. Similarly, that's what our fears do. Our fears will taunt us. Our biggest forms and sources of anxiety will often play havoc with us and intimidate us. But let me keep on going because I only got through four words there. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. Uh, commentators that I read said that he 
would have been nine feet, nine inches tall. Now, those of you who ever played basketball, a regulation basketball hoop is 10 feet. Okay? I remember that when I used to dunk in high school. <laughs> okay, okay. That, that, that is so not true. I did dunk donuts, and uh, I was prolific, as you could see, at that. But so the standard basketball rim is 10 feet high. He was 9 foot 9. So without even jumping... Goliath would be able to put his hand over a regulation basketball rim. Nine feet nine. Think of the ceilings in your house. Think of the the rooms even in here. Nine foot nine. I mean, I've got some friends that are like close to seven feet tall, and they would be looking up to him as well, literally. So this man is gigantic. Let's keep going. Verse 5 says he had a bronze helmet on his head, He wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. So he had this armor that he put on that weighed 125 pounds. Okay? 125 pounds. Some of you, some of you shorter people, that's about your weight right now. Some of you are embracing that, not just, well, of course it is. Uh, But... (laughs) Sure, sure. But think of that. Think of that. Wearing 125 pounds. And he could do so comfortably. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Uh, verse 6, on his legs he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. Verse 7 says, his spear shaft was like a weaver's rod. Now, this had a loop and a cord wound around it. So when he would throw the spear it would spin and be a lot more accurate and a lot more deadly. And the iron point of his spear, just the point, weighed 600 shekels, 15 pounds. 15 pounds. This is a huge man. Uh, Some commentators have suggested that he may have suffered from a, uh, a health condition that gave him obnoxiously uh, uh, tall height. Uh, some of you might remember uh, a pro wrestler named Andre the Giant. You remember him? And, and he suffered from something similar to that. But, but even Goliath was two feet taller than Andre. So obviously Goliath is a huge, strong, intimidating foe. Now let me bring this home. Likewise, I think we can be confronted by a number of things that cause us, regularly cause us, a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety. The giants in your life might look different than the giants in mine. The things that keep you up at night might be different than what keeps me up at night. The fears that I have to face on a regular basis may be way different than what the person next to you has to deal with. And yet, I think if we're all honest, there might be one or two giants in our lives that are hard to deal with. 
that we'd rather not confront. Maybe for you, your financial situation is a giant in your life. And every day you wake up and you're just scared to death that you're going to get another call from that bill collector. You're wondering if you're going to be able to, to meet uh, the bills. You wonder if you're going to be able to pay this or pay that. And that gives us fear and anxiety. Maybe your current family situation is such that it is just so difficult. Uh, relationships have become unhealthy, maybe even toxic. And because of that, every time you know that you're going to see that person or be with that person, it just gives you knots in your belly. Maybe for you, your work situation, your job situation is that. Maybe you just hate going to work because of the people that you're going to face and the situation that you're going to have to undergo. Maybe this whole pandemic in the last year and a half uh, has given you a lot of anxiety. Maybe you are terrified to walk out of your house. Uh, You're scared to death of getting sick. You're scared to death of dying from this virus. And the media doesn't help you because, if anything, folks, the media and social media will always feed our fears. Have you noticed this? Okay, okay. CNN is never going to lead. Our lead story today, little Katie found her cat on the top of the tree and Jeff the fireman rescued it. Back to you, Bruce. And that's not what they're going to do. They lead off with the most fearful, intense, scary thing, right? Because they know that sells. They will play on our emotions. The stock market will move up or down based on fear. It's crazy how our world is motivated and moved and intimidated because of our biggest fears. And this creeps in now into the life of the follower of Jesus Christ. Where we find things in our lives that we may not even want to tell anybody, but they're present. They're Goliaths. They give us fear. In fact, let me not stop there. We've looked at the size of our fears, but I want to show you the strain of our fears, the strain that this kind of stuff will put on us. Because, listen to me, fear will change you. You don't believe me? (laughs) I want to show you the chain of events that took place in this passage of Scripture. Now, we already read in verse 11, okay? It was part of our original text. Let me look at it again. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all of the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Let me pause. Okay, these are not regular people. These are not regular Israelites. These are fighters. These are soldiers. In fact, I'll go further. These are soldiers who have seen the goodness and the, and the uh, activity of God to bring them victory in the past. And it's these people who maybe should know better or at least be a little bit more brave. 
You with me so far? It's these people who are dismayed and they are terrified. Fear will change you. Fear will cause a fighter to become fearful. Fear will cause a soldier to become scared. Fear will cause somebody who has tasted victory to hide to avoid defeat. See, when we don't uh, confront our giants, our attitude towards them will change. Let me show you how. Look at verse 16. 16. It says, For 40 days the Philistine came forward every morning and evening, and he took his stand. Okay, see, sometimes we miss this when we see the the little cartoons and, and the little Bible stories because we just think Goliath is, who will fight me? <laughs> That's the Veggie Tales thing, right? Okay. Who will fight me? And, and, then, and then we think, here's little David. He said, I'll fight you. And, and, and he does his thing. But before David even gets into the picture, Goliath, every morning... And every night, for 40 days, 40 days, gets up and challenges and talks down the people of God. And they did not confront Goliath. And because of that, remember those soldiers that were dismayed and terrified? Now look at verse 16. Uh, I'm sorry, let, let me move on from 16. Verses 23 and 24 says, As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance. And David heard it. Look at verse 24. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. I don't know if you're all catching the transition here, okay? Goliath shows up, and, and the soldiers are, are, are dismayed. I went past my mark, sorry. And the soldiers are dismayed. The soldiers are, they're scared, okay? But then Goliath comes out every day for 40 days without confrontation, without anybody dealing with him. And these fighters, these soldiers, were not now just scared. They ran away. Soldiers, fighters, the people of God, they ran away from Goliath. Are you catching this? See, when we don't confront our biggest fears, our attitude towards them will change. It will cause us from being kind of scared to running away from it and never dealing with it. It will cause us to have some bad feelings about it or towards it, and it will move us to being absolutely terrified and running away and doing things that we never, 
ever would have thought that we would do. The longer we put off dealing with our fears, the more intimidated we become. And what happens? The enemy becomes stronger. We become weaker. Are you hearing me today? See, I think a lot of times, and, and it makes me wonder, it makes me, <laughs> makes me wonder if some of the soldiers from, for the Israelites said, uh, you know what, if we ignore him, maybe he'll just go away. If we don't do anything about it, maybe it'll take care of itself. It didn't. Goliath came out twice a day for 40 days. And with every day that he came out and stood his ground and started talking trash to the people of God, every day he became stronger, they became weaker. He became more intimidating, they became intimidated. Something had to be done. And I wonder today, as you, as you picture your Goliath right now, what brings you anxiety? What like just gets in your head when you wake up and, and, and that just, it just grabs you? In fact, if you dwell on it too long, man, it, it's, it's going to... It's going to just affect you emotionally and mentally. It's going to affect you spiritually. It might affect your performance on the job. It might affect how you treat other people. I mean, the longer this exists and the longer this thing intimidates you, the weaker you will become. That's why the enemy of your soul will put this kind of thing into your life. You may not have an issue with sin, but you may have an issue with fear. Should I say that again? You may not have an issue with sin that will kill your walk with God, but perhaps your issue is fear, which will flat out cripple, cripple your walk with God. Our biggest fear has to disappear. Uh, how? How? Now, we'll, we'll get in some other moments in this series of what David had to go through and some of the things that David did that were pretty deliberate. But for now, today, I want to give you a real simple strategy toward our fears. Now, first of all, let's look at verse 48, which we haven't read yet. And we're going to come to verse 48 multiple times in this series. Verse 48 says, As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward, are you getting this? Toward the battle line to meet him. Okay, some nine foot nine guy comes at me with a spear and a javelin that are bigger than me. I'm finding a rock. Or a tree. I'm heightened. I, I, I got to confess to you, that's not a fight that I really want to take on. But David, who was a teenager, who was just bringing, he wasn't even there to fight. Oh my goodness. We're going to read that David actually showed up 
at the battle lines to bring lunch to his brothers. Bread and cheese. David was delivering cheese pizzas (laughs) to his brother. Comes down to food with me. So the pizza delivery guy is taking on this war machine. Are you kidding? But he was the only one brave enough to do so. He was the only one willing to do so. Instead of running away from this giant, running away from this thing that, that intimidated soldiers, he ran to the giant. The army ran away. David ran to it. Biblically, spiritually, church, I would like to challenge you to do the same thing today. But not on your own power. I'm going to say this again. Not on your own power. If you think that you can win a spiritual battle through natural means, you're going to be defeated. Well, I got enough willpower. That's Greek for something. Look it up. Uh, and, And you might have some really great characteristics about you, okay? That's awesome. But that's not enough to defeat a spiritual giant. You need to use the resources that God has given you. Now, God directed David to use two things. Anybody remember what they were? A sling and a stone. He actually had five smooth stones. That's another sermon. So God directed him to use two things that were fairly simple, not too complicated. Let me say that again. Not too complicated. But it was through those means that God chose to give David and the people of God a victory over this gigantic fear. I would suggest to you today that God has equipped you with two things. And I'm going to show you from the scriptures what they are. And they're not complicated. They are readily available to you. In fact, some of you might remember the story that King Saul tried to actually put his own armor on David. Okay? Okay. David couldn't use it. So David did it God's way. Oh, David did it God's way instead of what everybody else told him to do. Before I give you these two weapons, can I just pause and tell you that at, your time, at the time that you are most vulnerable and the time that you are most intimidated, you will have a long line of people ready to tell you how to fix it. And it doesn't mean that they are correct. They may even look like they should know what they're talking about. But what does God have to say about your situation? So 
I want you to consider what that big Goliath is in your life right now. Whatever keeps you up and gives you that knot in your stomach, that gives you that anxiety. I want you to consider what that is. And let me give you the two weapons from the scriptures that I could give you today. Number one, here's your first weapon. Cry out to the Lord. Cry out to the Lord. Oh, I knew he was going to say pray. Yes, I'm going to say pray. Remember I said it's not complicated. See, the problem is we've made this too difficult. Seven steps to victory by my book. Okay, no, just listen. Just let's see, and, and nothing wrong with books, okay? But, but what does the Bible have to say? Psalm 34 verse 4 says this, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Look at that verse again. I sought the Lord. I cried out to the Lord. I sought the Lord. I will seek the Lord. And what did he do? He heard me. He answered me. And he delivered me from all. Everybody say all. All of my fears. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation. Look at it again. Every situation. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, it's not just a holiday in November, present your request to God. Don't be anxious about anything. Rather, when that anxiety pops up, your sling, your stone is to cry out to the Lord. Cry out to the Lord. You pray. You pray. And you be honest with the Lord. And please, please quit thinking that God's looking at you and say, I can't believe you're afraid. Sissy. He doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. He welcomes this. He knows how you're wired. He knows how you're made. He knows better than you do what sets you off. He knows better than you do what gives you the most anxiety. I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. And in everything, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, I will let my request be made known to the Lord. And then the second weapon I want to give you is this. Trust in the Lord. Trust in what he can do. Not what you can do. Oh, I'm in trouble. Better call the preacher. I'll take your call. But guess what we're going to do? We're going to pray. And we're going to trust the Lord together. And this can be hard for us to do. See, it's so basic, it's difficult. Oh, man. Should I say that again? This is so basic that it's difficult for us. You mean I just pray and then trust God to take care of it? Shouldn't I do more? Shouldn't I like march around seven times around the church or something like that? No. Well, shouldn't I at least pray the right words? No. Just cry out to him. And then trust him. Proverbs chapter 23 says, Fear of man will prove to be a snare. 
but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Look at that again. The fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. May I tell you that so many of us would be so much more spiritually and emotionally healthy if we would get over the fear of what people think of us. I will tell you that as a young person, that held me back for so long. I was a Christian. I gave my life to Jesus at the age of nine. But there came a point when I was 16 years old where, I, where God just had this moment with me. And he said, Phil, it doesn't matter what people think of you. If they don't like how you look, so what? If they don't like how you sound, so what? If they don't like you, so what? It doesn't matter. And I'm not apathetic, you know, I don't care about you, you know, I'm not that. But people's opinions, I try not to let that govern me. Because the fear of man is a snare. It's a trap. But if you trust the Lord... You're kept safe. Final verse. Jonathan, if you could help me out up here, that'd be great. It says, so we say with confidence. We say this with confidence. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 6. It says, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mortals do to me? Well, they could kill me. All right. Absent from the bodies, be present with the Lord. The devil is not one there. That's why death has been swallowed up in victory for those of us who know Jesus Christ. Because the victory always belongs to the Lord. What can man do to you? Well, they could say bad things about me. So what? Seriously. Because the ones that count will know better. Let me try this side. The ones that matter will know better. See, we got to quit trying to impress people who really don't like us in the first place. Was that too blunt? I've just learned, folks. I, I, God has... God has set me free from that kind of thing. And, and sometimes, it, I'll be honest with you, it rears ugly head. I get nervous sometimes when I speak in front of people. I, you know, I worry what somebody might think once in a while, but, but, but hear me. Being afraid of people's opinion, that's just a trap. It's a trap. Now, if I know this, that the Lord is my helper, then I don't have to be afraid. David had a sling and a stone and he killed the giant. That giant in your life, your sling is calling out to God, crying out to him, praying to him, saying, God, I give you my fear. This does a number on me. I need you to do a number on it. And that stone, as it's sailing from your sling and heading right towards your giant, that's when God takes over. And you're trusting God to hit that fear 
with the death blow. The battle, as Jonathan sang earlier, the battle belongs to God. The battle belongs to God. So when I fight, can you sing that song? Just slow it down a little bit. When I fight, I will fight on my knees. With my hands lifted high, oh God, the battle belongs to you. Will you stand with me? I am not here to minimize your giant. Goliath was nine foot nine. It might feel like your giant is 19 foot nine. But here's what I know. You could fight this. You could fight this on your knees today. And you could trust him that the battle belongs to him. He is your helper. Fear does not need to control you anymore, church. Give God control. Let the Holy Spirit deal with this. And let's see what he does. Amen? Let's bow our heads. Let's bow our heads. Jonathan, sing that, will you? So when I fight, I will fight on my knees with my hands. Yes, faith is intimidating, but God, you're bigger. Your voice is louder. And in your presence, fear is cast out. So Lord, I pray that fear would no longer control us. I pray I pray for a different outlook for people when they wake up in the morning tomorrow. God, I pray that people would not be governed by fear, but Lord, they would be led by your Holy Spirit. So Jesus, we give our Goliaths to you. Maybe Goliaths that nobody knows about, but Lord, we give our Goliaths to you. And we pray, God, we pray for the victory. Because through you, Jesus, there is victory. So I pray that we will walk out of here not as soldiers that are running away, but God, that we would walk out of here as soldiers that are confident of this, that we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. God, I sense there may be some people that need to spend some time seeking your face. Lord, would you meet with them today? As you met with David, and God, you gave him victory. Meet with us this morning, I pray. And God, I'll thank you for all you do. God, bless our time of fellowship in the lobby. And Jesus, we love you. We give you praise. In your name, God. Amen. If you need to pray, Jonathan's going to keep on singing that song. If you need to pray, feel free to do so right now.